0: This is Mark Grace, and you're listening to Ready to Unload with Cal and (laughs) Sandpete.
1: Coming to you live from Dumpling Sound Studios 2 in Bayside, New York. I'm one of your hosts, Steve Pietro, for this podcast slash radio show. Going to be joined in a minute by Brian Calneva-Pino Caliente Calvi for uh, about an hour and a half of fun sports talk. We're a little late. We're going to try this again. We tried this about a half an hour ago, and Blog Talk Radio said no. So we're back. We're going to do this again. The Bishop Pop Culture PJ will be producing. Everything's very exciting. It's very exciting. It's Thursday night. It's 10 o'clock. It's time for Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete New York Sports Talk radio show slash podcast. And man, there is a ton to talk about tonight. And uh, before we do that, let's welcome in the co-host. The ying to my yang, the poly to my Anna, the fun-loving, good-time Charlie, Mr. Brian Calniva-Calpino, Caliente, get him off this crazy thing called sports, Brian Calvi, everybody. <laughs> Come on in, Brian. What's great is that you can't
2: actually see me, but I'm riding in on a cartoonishly small uh, spaceship.
1: That's magnificent. It's great. Uh, Welcome to The Big Show, uh, episode 11-32 of Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete. Um, We're going to talk to each other about sports for the next hour and 45 minutes, hour and a half, like that. You know, nothing crazy. Neither one of us uh, has a voice. That's because uh, we were just talking about this before when we tried to do the show at 9:30 our normal time, and Blog Talk Radio decided to uh, I don't know have a stroke. It's like the East Coast heard this already. That's right. This is the West Coast feed. (laughs) We're definitely gonna kill all the sketches that didn't work. Right. Uh, By the way, in dress. (laughs) Um, No, we Cal and I, Cal and I went to the Jet game on Sunday. Uh, watched the Jets' uh, magnificent victory over the Chargers, um, a fantastic game. And both of us, like the supreme jackasses that we are, um, hollered, hooted, um, screamed like uh, like complete idiots, complete idiots. And uh, we both lost our voices, had to push the show to Tuesday. Cal, you sound much better than I do. Yeah, I do. But, but if, if you had heard me on Monday,
2: you wouldn't have been able to understand me. Yeah, I'm
1: I'm pushing into Kim Karn's territory. <laughs> I was going to say Brenda Vaccaro, but... I do have a... You know, I had a thing for Brenda Vaccaro. <laughs> she was a handsome woman. I'm sorry, my, my dad just took over the podcaster. B. <laughs> <laughs> Arthur. We um, had them all. We were listening to them all before. We were we were listening uh listing them all before, b Author of course being everyone's favorite. And um now b Author was on two very successful shows, Cal. Two uh Maud. Three if
2: you count All in the Family. Was she no? From she, when that's how that's where Maud came from.
1: Wait a minute. Maud is Bring a spinoff off of All in the Family? Bring him in. All right, let's do it. It's a little early. We're gonna have to go to him early. Let's bring in uh, the uh, the happy-go-lucky gentleman who produces this podcast, the Bishop Pop Culture PJ the Pooh PJ.
0: And then there's Maude. And then there's Maude.
1: Is Maude a spinoff of All in the Family?
0: Maud is the cousin of Edith Baines. Wow. Yes. Is this really That's happening?
1: Right.
0: So That's now right.
1: so that
2: leads into the natural conversation of the number of spin-offs from All in the Family.
0: So many. Go ahead, do it.
2: And all uh, good uh,
1: Jefferson's is one, right?
0: Jefferson's is one.
1: Now what are what are these sound effects coming in now? You hear is, that?
0: That the, is that the television?
1: What do you have going on there?
0: Oh, we're doing a, a little play. I'm backstage.
1: <laughs> oh,
0: Wait, I'm uh, I'm going to have to pull the curtain in a little bit, so I can't stay on too long. But there's yeah, there's a heck of a Halloween show going on over here. It's good stuff. What
1: What are you doing at the Winter Garden Theater right now? <laughs> producing the show.
0: It's a kid's show. It's a kid's show. It's you know.
1: I don't understand. Well, it sounds. The legend exotic. of Stingy
0: Jack. You know Stingy Jack, the the uh, the uh, the legend of the jack o' lantern. Sure. Well, I that one. We're, we're doing it.
1: <laughs> okay, great. So that's going on live in your living room.
0: Why wouldn't it?
1: Uh, right. <laughs> silly, silly me. Well, yeah. See, um,
0: now your kids aren't old enough yet. You'll see. You'll see. The well, theater. I just,
1: I just have the one.
0: Your home will become a theater, it'll become a bowling alley, it'll be a baseball diamond.
1: It's a
2: dance studio.
0: It'll be the deck of the Millennium Falcon. Well, it's already that. It'll be anything but a place to eat and sleep.
1: It's a puppet stage. That's right. The Millennium Falcon thing, we have covered. But the the gymnasium, that's on it. Right, the
0: gymnasium. Sure. The ER.
1: I uh <laughs> it's a mash unit. I'm uh I'm wondering pete uh just getting back to that other question though. How many spin-offs from all in the family?
0: Uh several. Well, of course you had the Jeffersons.
1: Yes. Maud. And then
0: you had and then you had Maud. Now Maud had a maid who was Maud's maid. Alice Florida Evans.
1: So, oh, that's a spin-off too? Spin-off of a spin-off.
0: Which spun off into?
1: Good Times.
0: Good Times, your favorite theme song. The son on Good Times, his name was? KJ. The other one.
1: Damn. Oh, uh, Pookie.
0: Michael Evans. Right. And Michael Evans was the actor who played who on The Jeffersons? Lionel. Thank you. And you come full circle. You see how you do it? Try to do it back yeah. to me now. No. <laughs> <laughs> give it back to me. Come on, give it back to me. Show me you were listening. Now I was listening, but part of I I, <laughs> I
2: I seem to remember. And correct me if I'm wrong. PJ, was there a short-lived spinoff centering around uh, Rob Reiner and Sally Struthers?
0: There was a short-lived spinoff around Sally Struthers after Rob Reiner left her. Oh, wow! Called, called Gloria. That's where right. Where Michael Stivic went, uh, they, they separated, and he went to take a uh, teaching position. He became the college professor he always wanted to be.
1: That's right. Oh my! And left
0: them and left them behind. Her and little Joey.
1: And
2: then, of
0: course, Archie Bunker's place. Right where where just everything came off the rails. Right. Yeah. Don't
1: we sort of pretend that didn't happen?
0: Kinda. It really, it really didn't have the goods.
1: Who was the girl on Bunker's place there? The girl. Wasn't that supposed to be like his granddaughter or something like that?
0: Or oh, Danielle. Danielle That was his great. That was his great niece.
1: <laughs> his great niece. Yes. Wow. Uh, well, I'm glad we cleared this up, guys. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> Do you, do you think uh, I
0: watched enough of those programs? I so.
1: That'll be that it for Ready to about who's the
0: boss. If it was about who's the boss, you, you, you would have had nothing, but you went with the Norman Lears. So, uh, you know, we're good.
1: <laughs> yeah, who's the boss leaves you nowhere except with Mona, and, <laughs> and, an, over, an oversex 60-year-old woman.
0: <laughs> and your terrific Tony Danza impression. Jonathan. <laughs> I'm surprised at you. Oh, oh, Samantha, You look beautiful. <laughs>
1: uh, we uh we, well, Teach, thanks for uh for clearing that up we'll 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 talk to you in a bit. Go back and watch the play. I feel like you're not paying attention, and maybe you missed an entrance.
0: We got time. We got time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you have
1: time between your lines
0: um, I got another half a song. We're okay.
1: Cal was just uh on the first version of tonight's show. <laughs> that that doesn't exist. That's like the episode, you know, the honeymooners lost episodes. Now <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's nine minutes of footage uh, of, of tape from tonight
2: that we will never hear again. <laughs> One day when we're when we're famous, they're going to dig that up somehow. That's well, no, was, we
0: have to start well, rumors about it about why it was canceled. Right, it'll
2: it'll take on a life of its own. That it was, right. You know, we were we were controversial and, and edgy in those nine minutes. Right. We have to we have to. <laughs> the
0: boy. The boys came on in blackface that night, (laughs) thinking that no one was watching. (laughs) It
1: was definitely the Tony Tony, uh, Ted Ted Danson, Whoopi Goldberg. uh. (laughs) (laughs) When is when? Can I ask this question? When is blackface ever a good idea? Like I mean, like no. I mean, I'm just saying. Ted Danson was like today. No. In no. In these times, I'm
2: asking. It's never a good idea now. But, I mean, in the Cirque
0: du Soleil show, you might be able to get away with it.
1: It hasn't been in 30 years,
2: 30,
0: it's
1: 40 years maybe. I feel like it's he's
0: just still not nice. A,
1: <laughs> but uh, it's the it's like Ted Danson came out, and we're being very topical right now since this happened 19 years ago. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, well, but, was it was it in fact 25 years ago today?
1: It was 25 years ago today. So let's stick with that theme back when Ted Danson was the biggest star on television. Thank you. Um, <laughs> you know, and he he came out and said, you know, I don't – what's the big deal? I, I can't believe it was received this way. Dude, you you can't just be dating a black woman and come out in blackface. That does not – sorry, I just – when is that ever <laughs> a good idea?
0: But the best part about it is that he thought there
1: was nothing wrong with it. He thought there was nothing wrong with it. That's what I'm saying.
0: I, I – I, look – all I can say is, way to take a stand, guys. <laughs> you got any other softball topics you want to talk about? Murder. We're against it.
1: You know what's really wrong, fellas? <laughs> World hunger. <laughs> uh,
0: I am against that. Somebody should do something about that. Maybe we <laughs> can get Tony Danza involved. Oh, I'm surprised I can you, Jay. <laughs>
1: Speaking of <laughs> hunger, though, i got to throw this out. We'll talk about sports eventually, but uh, look, did you guys happen to see that uh, Louis Black was on uh, the Daily Show the other night talking about um, how there's a new character on Sesame Street? Sure. Uh, this, this little girl, I think her name is Lily, mm-hmm. Yeah. and she's like homeless.
0: Yes. She doesn't know where her next meal is coming from. She doesn't know where her next meal is coming from.
1: Really? Sesame Street? Really? I mean, Lewis Black killed it. I'm not even gonna to bother to try to come up with something as smart or as funny as what he said, which was
0: all I wanted all I wanted was some time to be able to fold some laundry, so I put my kid in front of in front of Sesame Street and now I have to explain famine and hunger. <laughs> and all I was looking for is ten minutes to fold some laundry. <laughs>
1: and and I mean Gosh, where do you guys stand on that as a as a teaching tool? I mean, my, I I have a a kid who's only ten and a half months old. I don't have to explain anything to them. But Cal, you know, PJ, you guys have children that are of the age to ask the question.
0: I'll t- I'll tell you this. My my kids like to know what's going on. I don't think it, it's a strange choice, but my kids could watch that and I could explain it to them briefly, and they would go, oh, you know, and they would just kind of digest it and move along. Mm -hmm. I don't think it hurts. not sure if it helps. (laughs) I don't know about it as an artistic choice. (laughs) I I certainly don't see much great controversy about it.
1: Well, I I, I mean, I think it's – Cal, what what about you with the girls? No, I would would agree with TJ. I don't –
2: I don't see why it's controversial. Well, I can understand why it's controversial. I don't ag- I don't agree with it being controversial. I think it's – you can take it or leave it. And my kids are exactly the same. They'll ask questions. You'll tell them. They'll, they'll So what was controversial it about it
0: was out. that Grover gave her five bucks, and then she blew it on liquor. Right. And
2: that's how yeah, they ended everybody. the episode. <laughs> but they were just keeping it real.
1: I mean, they were just
0: keeping it real.
1: Yeah. You Ellie, know? I – I'd give you these $10, but you're just going to spend it on hooch.
0: You're just going to spend it on hooch. That's <laughs> right. Oh. Uh.
1: And now we have drunk Muppets. All right. <laughs> very good. Don't you judge me. Don't you judge don't, don't you. <laughs> till, you've, till you've walked a mile in these shoes. You don't know uh. me. You don't know me. And she's on
0: Maury. <laughs> the Muppet. The Muppet, the Muppet. Can we crazy. have a uh, can we have a fat Muppet?
1: Yeah, how about can we about
0: have a, can we, can we have a Muppet that eats too much and watches too much damn TV? Yeah, and how be about like, that? oh Grover, I have no energy. Why? <laughs> well, maybe you should get away from the television.
1: <laughs> maybe maybe put down that bag of chips and put down the Doritos. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you flop.
1: <laughs> Do we have that Muppet? Uh,
2: Steve, you're right around the corner from this, by the way. Do you, you think you have time? You don't. Yeah, I know. I'm, this is coming quickly. I'm sitting here laughing at this heartily, and uh, yeah. the next calendar year, you will be faced with these. In the about a, in about
0: a year. Oh, by, the, by the time like, Wesley's why, watching why? a lot of Sesame Street, they'll have domestic abuse Muppets. You <laughs> <laughs> wait. And will that be Bert and Ernie? No, <laughs> stop it now,
1: well, you saw that right
0: yes, well that's that's been for a long time, uh, yeah, of course. Bert and that's... Ernie have funny little arguments to illustrate life's little foibles. the end
1: <laughs> somebody's naive,
0: <laughs> I will fight you,
1: all right, all right, we'll leave it at that. obviously, somebody's getting a little sensitive,
0: <laughs> okay. Can we can we rename the show to to uh, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> All these things that we have to abandon.
1: <laughs> we'll leave it at that with Brian Callen PJ. <laughs> or uh, <laughs> Callen PJ. Um well I, I I wanted to go back to that one thing you were talking about by about the uh going to the game the difference between football Steve and uh and baseball Steve. You said there's right. a big difference. Well you, yeah, well, you were not forewarned. Well, this was the first uh
2: this was my first experience with Football Steve. Right, going to a live live at a game. Mhm. I've seen I've I've seen Football Steve in front of a television. Um still wasn't quite prepared for how exaggerated it becomes when you're live. Um, and it, and and there are differences, you know. One of the like I was saying one of the big differences is that um football steve is 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 the mayor of the section talks to everybody um but the thing that i the and this was this was the best part for me is that you kind of like you laid the ground i don't know if you do this all the time but we happened to be sitting behind a young uh, couple that was visiting our area that were charger fans and they got up, and they cheered after the chargers scored an early touchdown. It was seven, nothing. And you made it a point of reassuring them that they were with the cool jet fans, that there was nothing to worry about. You're not going to get heckled you're You're in a section with with real good jet fans and then for the re- and for the rest of the the afternoon, you proceeded to to prove that point. There was no heckling. There was no making opposing fans feel unwanted. It was more about just having a good time and and being a man of the people in the section. (laughs) Talking to the people in front, behind, to the left, to the right, everywhere. Two rows back. (laughs) We had our buddies two rows behind us. There was some yelling over that row in between. You helped out a uh, you helped out a, a, a nice young couple that needed a napkin. Behind us, I mean, this is all, all the game is going on. You, fo- I mean, I I I couldn't get over the
1: multitasking going on. <laughs> well, okay, couple things. One, that that couple in front of us, like I treat it like you're around people doing acid for the first time. You <laughs> just want them to be. You're in a comfortable place, okay? You're and you're not on acid, and you're just you're in a you're you're you're, you're in a free, fun uh, place. You're safe. You're among friends. Just want right. you to have a good time and ride it out. Let's just ride it out together. We're gonna get through this together. That was good because a lot
2: you know a lot of times people
1: will they will they'll pick on those on those poor unfortunate no. people. Yeah. I got to be honest, like that's uh, – and, and I'm being completely serious here. That is one of my hugest – hugest? That's a terrible word. Let's go with biggest. Um, pet peeves about going to live sporting events um, is fans from other teams at a game uh, or in my, quote-unquote, my stadium and them having a hard time. And now, well, look, there, there are instances where I've gone to games – and opposing fans uh, from other teams have deserved some of what they've gotten, have well, been obnoxious. Right. Um, but I feel like, and, and this is really true, and, and I've done this at mech games and I've done it for a long time going to Jet games, especially Jet games, especially football games. They're so emotionally charged, uh, so much more so than a baseball game. A baseball game is like serene. You know, I mean, it's 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 pastoral. You're just relaxed. It's slow. It's nice. You know, you're talking about the intricacies of the pitcher's delivery. Yes, a lot okay. of time for analysis. Right. The football game is like the Romans and the lions, and people want to see blood, and it's you know, it's a situation like that. So I I I do do that. I, I do try to be friendly to fans from other teams. You, I, I think you. You even saw it when we were walking in, you know, that like I'd see a Charger fan say, hey, good game today or something like that. You know what I mean? Like not to be a jerk, do that. but they're, you know, they're, they're so often put off by it a little bit, not like in a bad way. They're like, oh, wow. Okay. But you want to, I feel like it's almost your responsibility in a way, if you're going to be rabid for the next three hours uh, for your team to show people that it's a football game. You know, show fans from other teams. It's a football game. Now, again, you know, that, that's that's proven impossible at times. Sometimes. Sure. Well, because a
2: lot of times, and and you saw a couple of them, not, not many this week, I have to say, but you see a couple, uh, every now and then, you see fans of the opposing team that their sole purpose for being in the opposing stadium is to rile up the hometown fans. Sure. Sure. That's what that's what they're trying to do, and you know, in my mind, all bets are off at that point. Exactly. And, uh, to, and... Well, short short of of physicality, because I never condone that. There's never a reason why you need to get physical with anybody.
1: You know what? We need a Muppet for this. We do. We need we need a, uh, a visiting fan Muppet, right. Who whose whose problem is he goes to it goes to other stadiums and is just a jackass. Right. And and Elmo has to teach it how to be a good fan. That's true. It could work. Make
2: make him see what what he's done wrong.
0: I think, you know. That's called Andy Dick.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He does look like Jim Henson's last wish, doesn't he? (laughs) (laughs) Is there a hand up Andy's? Never mind. Wait, never mind. Hey now. Never mind. Back to the game. It's well after 10, my friend. That's true. RTU after dark. Um, no, we, we we did have a. I hope you had a great time. I had a great time at the game. And I I thoroughly enjoyed watching, you know, fit, uh, like being uh, standing next to you, sitting next to you watching the game. Because it felt a little like, you know, we've been doing the show for almost two years. It felt a little like doing the show um, while we were watching the game. That was enjoyable. I dug that.
2: That was fun. I didn't feel like we were doing the show because when we do a show, you're not constantly beating the crap out of me. Literally. Right. You should you should explain that. Yeah, that was um that was something I wasn't prepared for. Now, again, we were talking about this earlier and our buddy Nello, when I told him after the game, I said, Man, my shoulder's killing me from sitting next to him the whole day. And he says, Oh yeah, he says, and don't ever don't ever put your hand up like to ask for a high five, don't ever do that. he'll take it right off. I don't think I did that, but yeah, I mean you were you were pounding pretty hard, and it was like I almost at one point wanted to switch seats, so at least he could beat up the other side 'cause I, and the best part about it was I was sitting next to uh I was sitting next to. Uncle Tom, your, your uncle. Yeah. And you pound on me and then I pound on him. <laughs> Not to the same effect, obviously. You know, I, I I respectfully of course.
1: Yes, of course. You he know. he's familiar with that. He sat next to me at kids <laughs> for 19 years. Yeah. So he took a uh, a beating. Yeah. So is glee here? Are they here? They're here. All right, we're going to go ahead and go to, let's go to glee. Let's bring them in, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, uh, from the hit Fox show, Glee. <laughs> that was uh, a that was one of my best uh, Letterman. Oh, oh, that was introductions. Yeah, <laughs> that was my. Uh, here they are. Uh, those kids from Glee, Paul. <laughs> Glee, a <laughs> Glee. <laughs> Uh, boy, we're killing it. Yes.
0: Um, anyway, so that, anyway, yeah, that, that was, game, yeah,
1: we had a good time. It, it, was, it was magnificent. Let's let's talk about the uh, the World Series, Cal. Okay, because the Texas Rangers are on the precipice of winning their first ever World Series tonight in St. Louis. Do we have a score, Cal? Yeah, it's four three, going to the top of the seventh. Texas is ahead. Four three, top of the seventh. So the Rangers are are merely. Nine outs away from their first World Series ever in franchise history. Um, can we talk about Mike Napoli, or is it too soon? Mm, I, I don't think it's too soon. Can we? Where do we put him in the uh, in the equation as far as the greatest players in baseball ever? Ever? He. It, I think it goes. I think it goes uh, Babe Ruth,
2: right? Gehrig. Gehrig, Jeter.
1: And Napoli. And Napoli. And Napoli comes just ahead of Shocky. A tamp. Uh, no, he's he's been ridiculous. Well, here,
2: just if you want to, well,
1: I'm, I'm 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 keeping an eye on on the game. As we do this, doesn't he have he has like insane uh, splits since like May though, right, or like June? Yeah, it's it's or maybe
2: it's right after the all star break mm-hmm. he's been he's been on fire, and the thing that's great about it is he was traded by two different teams this past offseason.
0: season
2: right He's traded from Anaheim to uh well los angeles angels he was traded from from the Angels to the Blue Jays,
1: and then the Blue Jays spun him around and traded him to the Rangers right because Mike Sosha said he wasn't a good enough catcher or he wasn't a good enough receiver. Which like, let's face facts—he's—he's he's not a great defensive catcher. But I, I, this this whole idea—you know—Joel Sherman wrote an article today about how the Yankees should think twice about uh, trading Montero now that they see that. And th- this quote got to me, Cal. I, I don't understand this. Now that they see that you can win with a subpar defensive catcher. Right. Right. You—you you mean like they did for five World Series with Jorge Posada? like what uh, yeah I don't I don't buy that oh oh, now they can oh they should hold on to Jesus Montero because now they can see right because of Mike Napoli not because of the guy they've had on their team for 16 years
2: <laughs> Who they won well, World Series with well there'll be arguments that Girardi uh, that Posada was a better defensive catcher than,
1: than Napoli right. <laughs> I'll I'll partake in those arguments if you'd like I don't know about that that's ridiculous
2: yeah um, and I don't think Napoli is all that hor- horrible either.
1: No, but uh, the 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 idea that you suddenly need a great defensive catcher to win. Uh, no. But anyway, breaking news. Let's go to the Arts Newsroom uh, and check in with our resident man on the street, PJ. Pop culture, PJ. Let's check in with pop culture, PJ. Uh,
2: no, I don't think you want to go there.
1: Yeah. Okay. Iowa State Iowa State
0: You should go I to the and Sports
1: Desk You should, yeah, why, why are you on the stage? You should go to the RG's Sports Desk <laughs> Do you not know where your next meal is coming from? Listen, I've got breaking news Alright, let's go to Brian at the Archie Sports Desk. Somebody is at the friggin' Archie Sports
2: Desk. Who is I've been here all along and my breaking news is that uh Alexe just walked in the tying run.
1: And it's four four in the sixth. And we talked about we talked about specialization, Cowie talked about bullpens, ends, we talked about how that's the difference, right? You know what you get out of your bullpen, and what and, and Tony LaRusso, of course, the other night had the uh, the big the great phone controversy. He did, and then I uh, just did part two
2: of the breaking news, by the way, because uh, it ties into the to the Napoli conversation. Mike Napoli just picked the go ahead run off of third base. <laughs> right. uh, on strike two, he threw the ball down to third and picked off Matt Holliday. So. For all that talk about Mike Napoli being a subpar defensive player, he might have just saved the World Series. Right. <laughs> Other
1: than that, though. Because that was the go-ahead run. He might have just saved the World Series. On third base with less than two outs. Yes. The bases were loaded. Right. Other than that, though. Yeah. Just you know. Listen, we talked about the specialization and the relief pitchers and stuff and how they're huge. And now it's not necessarily a matter of, at least in this postseason – but it's not necessarily a matter of what starting pitchers you roll out there. It's a matter of what, how you can specialize in the bullpen and how you can make the game longer and how you can get specific outs at specific times. So I think we've seen this going through in the world series. We've seen this going through in the postseason. Um But Cal, do you think that let's go to the La Russa phone call thing really quick. And then I want to move on to uh, the Mets world series, which was 25 years ago today. Um, but Larusa, with the phone call and the thing with Mott, and and he didn't have Mott ready to go, and the bullpen guy thought he said Lynn, and people hmm. are ge- people are getting thrown under multiple buses here, right? Um, is there a point if they win the World Series, if they come back and win this in seven games, where Larusa just says, "Yeah, I said Lynn." No, he'll no. never admit it. Never, right? No. What's great though is that's that what, that's what happened, right?
2: I I don't I don't understand how it could have been anything
1: other than that. I mean even Lance Berkman said today, like Boy, Lynn and Mott, I can see how you can confuse those two. Right. <laughs> it just they sound so much alike. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. i if that winds up costing them the World Series, which I don't think it will, I mean I think that's a strong statement. It's not a ball through Bill Buckner's legs. You know, no. it's it's a, it's a pitching change that he didn't make in time. And maybe maybe if he makes it, you know, Mott gives up a, a three-run homer. I mean... Well, and and the other thing, to just to use your analogy, the ball through
2: Buckner's legs did not cost the Red Sox the World Series. Of course not. Of course not. But, but you, you know what I'm
1: saying. Right. It's not no, a, I know, but
2: and the Cardinals have an opportunity now to, to come back and win. Right. It's not a
1: physical error on the field. No. It's, it's sure. a pitching change that is, was not guaranteed to work. What's great
2: about it, is that it has uh given birth to an endless number of jokes regarding Tony LaRusso and a phone. Yes which are not at all old already.
1: Well, he did say too, maybe I slurred. Hey hey Tony, with with your history uh recent history, you know, with, with the booze and all. That might have been a poor choice of words. <laughs> mm. I thought I, you know, I said Mott, but maybe I slurred. Maybe you slurred Mott into Lynn? Right. Oh, uh, maybe maybe you got a little Red Sox action going on there. I think he made a mistake.
2: I think he screwed up. I think he's been uh, over managing this entire series. Wait,
1: he cr- he's been over managing the entire playoffs, Bry. But managing had- his entire life. Right. But hasn't he had to with this team? Look at this team. Not necessarily. Oh, I disagree. I totally disagree. That's a talented team. Look, you can you can dislike the guy. You can you know say whatever you want uh, for him as a manager, but what you can't deny is the fact that he has gotten a very subpar team—not very subpar, but a, a subpar team to the World Series without Adam Wainwright, without a true ace. Okay, without uh, Matt wow, Holliday for some reason. Was he an ace this year, though, Cal? Yeah, he was. So he was a bigger ace than a, than someone like uh, uh, you know four aces on the Phillies or something. Come on,
2: Chris Car- uh, Chris Carpenter was better than than Roy Oswald this year for sure. That was their fourth starter.
0: Well,
2: he would have been a number one starter on twenty five other teams. I'm just saying. Y- y-
1: you're gonna mess that don't, pitching don't, don't, staff up. Well,
2: well, not the, st- no, not the staff, obviously. But Chris Carpenter, no, let's not sell Carpenter short.
1: I mean, you have, you have Rafael Fercal. You've had 37 guys play second base. What? Uh, you've had John Jay, you know, in center field. I mean, it's been smoke and mirrors with this team, Brian. You have to give – I'm sorry. You have to give him credit for getting this team there. And I know he overmanages, and I know he's made 65 pitching changes in 14 games or 15 games or 17 games, or whatever it is. But I feel like he's had to. I feel like that's a that's uh, he had to.
3: That's I'm awesome. just
1: giving. I'm just. I, I want to throw. We make fun of Tony Lewis quite a bit on this show. I'm no, throwing. I'm throwing a Tony. little. <laughs> I, I'm going to throw him a little credit. where credit is due? Right, well,
2: do you really? Two two of the uh, of the three guys that invented baseball are in the park tonight. I know. It's, it's feels- exciting. They, I, I, I'm almost waiting for them
1: to stop the game so that they could make some changes. It's on. Uh, it's on Fox, right? Yeah, yeah. So two of the guys who invented the game of baseball and Jane Lynch are there, and, and Jane Lynch and Brian Brian Austin Green is somewhere <laughs> there as well. Exactly. They're all there. They um. one Let's of. Go
2: ahead. No, no, no. One of one of the. De Chanel sisters. I don't know if it was Zoe or Emily. It's Zoe, Zoe, Zoe. She sang the, the uh, national anthem the other night. Nice. She left the game early, and Joe Buck and Tim McCarver made made a comment about it, which we you we talk about throwing people under the bus. They were a little disappointed that Zoe De Chanel left the game early. They 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 grabbed her by the britches and just threw her right under the Fox production truck. Wow!
0: I'm leaving my wife for that woman. I just wanted to know that.
1: <laughs> Great.
0: I just wanted that out there.
1: Uh, well, it's it's recorded for posterity now, my friend.
0: Hmm. <laughs> I've chosen poorly. <laughs> this was a bad time to reveal your plans. You could just say, um, to know we have a call on hold. In case you're not reading the uh, the switchboard, I see
1: the I see the call on hold.
0: Well, then I by think- all means, don't respond to me.
1: I see the call on hold and, and the call on hold can wait on hold. Wow. I, I I'm would make this first children, wait.
0: two children.
1: Fine. Let's bring them in. Wah. Fine. Hi, Evan. Wow.
3: What's the hostility about?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I miss your scent. So nice. I, of you to I join expected,
3: us. I expected fanfare. And, uh, instead I'm, I'm just getting hostility. And, uh, I really only wanted to just talk about how much I love Zoe Deschanel, but um, I totally agree with PJ on this, big time.
1: So there's a lot of a lot of wives, a lot of families being broken up by this woman.
3: Yeah, but I, I really, really wanted to discuss the delicate genius. Uh, uh, nice, from Larissa. Please. Uh, well,
1: well, first, well, I don't first, know. First, first. Yes. Can we just say welcome uh, into the program, Doctor e. Ray Stad? Hello, boys. One of the original Beatles, okay. Uh, probably feeling very Pete Best-ish at this point. But, <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, no, no, we love you. Hi, Ev. We've missed you. I'm so. Can you hang out for a while?
3: Yeah, I can. I can hang out. I actually pulled over the side of the road here to talk a little bit because <laughs> I uh, I was compelled to discuss uh, you know the uh, the genius at work, Tony Larusa. I um, I don't know if anybody heard Larry Boa today on the radio. Um, I did not. And I thought it was, I thought it was very interesting to hear his um, trying to explain LaRusso's communication problem, and basically just kind of giving up and saying, uh, you know, there's a lot of ways you can stall situations. If there was a true mistake in communication, like I know that maybe he's above that, but if I got the wrong guy coming in, I'm gonna have my pitcher throw to second five times. That's just gonna happen. <laughs> you know, That's like awesome. like I'll come to the mound. You know i'll I'll spend uh, too too long of a time. I'll have my pitcher drop his pants, whatever's possible. I'm not letting the wrong guy come on in the World Serie.'s not happening.
1: He'll bring in Max patkin
0: <laughs>
1: exactly play the game <laughs>
3: um ev
1: do you think that and and I, I Larry Bo is spot on that's why you know it's a, it, he asked for a Lynn but ev right. we were just we were just debating this idea that La Russa has overmanaged and Cal thinks he's overmanaged, and I think he's been justified in overmanaging. Where do you stand on that?
3: I, I think there's no doubt he's overmanaging. And, uh, I, but, of course, you have to give him credit. This is the second time he basically brought a 500 team to, to the dance, and uh, you know that's commendable. But, you know, I was talking to someone tonight just basically saying, like, you also have to give take away credit that his teams have usually been stacked with a lot of talent. This team has a lot of talent. And they underachieved all year, and yes, they got it together. But that's don't you take away some of it for him for that? That's
1: a good like, shouldn't point. Shouldn't this
3: team, shouldn't this team, shouldn't this team have run away with the division?
1: Right. Shouldn't they have won a hundred games and or you know ninety five yeah. games or whatever and won this central anyway?
3: Yeah, the, the team doesn't. You know, point. obviously, uh, you know, I, you know, I don't think they have as much talent as, as Texas and or or Philly, and uh, but um, they, there's a lot of talent on this team
1: yeah no, no, that's fair. I mean, like I, how much credit do you take away for the fact that they slept, walked, slept sleep, sleep walked, they slept uh through like yeah. the first say, you know two and a half months of the season, and sort of like in August, we're like, oh, let's play now, yeah, yeah i i mean you you can also take away for his hair let's be honest well, you have to his hair is magnificent now w- w- we're so glad we have you uh, w- what we're about to move on to, e Ray. Because <clears throat> Cal and I were discussing the fact that 25 years ago tonight, the 1986 New York Metropolitans became world champions, defeating the Boston Red Sox 8-5. to And uh, it was 25 years ago. Who would have thought – a couple things on this. Who would have thought that would have been our last championship? That's A. <laughs> um, and B.
0: A. And –
1: um, so Calvi and I, uh, our professional sports teams, have not won a championship since that night. And there was a lot of debate this week about '86 uh, Mets versus '98 Yankees. A lot of debate about wow. that. I want to hear wow. your thoughts on. Uh, we, we of course, have talked about the '86 Mets every day for the last. Um, well,
3: I'd, like 25 hear, years. I'd like to hear. I'd like to hear. Cal, for a second, Cal, let me ask you a question. When you were a young boy in Comac, uh, a young, lives, tall, you know, uh, handsome young man, uh, did you did you get the did you get the sense that a this was the best team you were ever going to see, and b that it would take this long to get another one?
2: Uh, no, and no.
3: Well, well, actually,
1: no. Let me back well, up. Let me...
2: No, 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 no. That was I did that for dramatic effect. That's not entirely true. I I did think that that was the best. team. I couldn't imagine seeing a better team than that at the time. I couldn't. They were they were, they were everything to me back then. But I did not expect that that would be the only championship. I thought that it was the beginning of of a glorious run. That uh, that the that that our Yankee fan friends. Enjoyed in the late '90s. I thought we were going to get that in the late '80s. So the fact that they, that the Mets have not won a championship in 25 years is um, I would never, I could never have seen that coming. Although right now it wouldn't surprise me if they don't win another championship for 25 years. Wow. 25 more years. 25 more years, exactly. Oh
3: come on. California. At that point, would they then go for Theo team?
2: Right. Yeah, well, he'll, be, he'll only be 62 at the time, so
3: and he yeah, breaks and his after, third after, curse? After he, after he brings three championships to the Cubs, and then he'll be due for the Mets, right?
1: Would that be the curse of Buckner? Is that what you would call that, then? <laughs> I don't know. Like, if they don't win a championship for the next 25 years, and it's 50 years without one, is that the, you got to call it the curse of Buckner, right?
3: Well, who, let me ask you a question, Steve. You've mentioned this before, that they should have won at least two more, would you say? Uh-huh. Yep. What was the number one reason why they didn't? Was it was it the drugs? Was it Gooden? Was it Strawberry? Like what was the number one reason they didn't? Was it Harshaiser? What would you say?
1: The number one reason they didn't win two more yes. World Series in that stretch was there was no wild card. Okay. That's I mean that's <clears throat> to me that's it. I went back and looked at the numbers again, Cal. Yeah. And uh yeah, they would have they would have made the wild card. Um had there been a wild card, they would have made the wild card. So they made the playoffs in 86 and 88. They would have won three other wild cards, so hmm. you would have had five years out of uh, eight that they would have been in the postseason, hmm. and and in those other years they would have been close to the wild card had they not won it. So you're talking about a team that won 98 games and didn't make the playoffs. Wow. The
2: number two the number two reason why they didn't win another one was Mike <clears throat> Sosha, not Oral Hershiser.
1: Yeah, it was Mike Sosha's home hmm. run off Gooden, right. Because they were right. they were they
2: were in full as good as the Hershiser was in that series. They were in full control of that
1: series at that time. They were. Up, they, the were up,
2: they were up three two, right? It would have put them up three
1: one in the series. That's right. Right, and it tied it at a two yeah. instead. That's yeah. right. But the the you you have to look at the fact of two that, and I say the wild card for a number of reasons. One, they would have won a bunch of them. <clears throat> but two, how well equipped would that team have been for a five game series? To be uh, – during that I, era, to be able to throw Gooden, say. Darlin, yeah. Ojeda, or Fernandez at you in a five-game series. No,
3: no, they were tailor-made for the for a wild
0: card. They really yep. were.
1: So I really think that they they would have – they were the victim of uh, – and, and again, the drug use does not help yeah. Evan. I'm not going to make excuses for them. You know, Doc right. Gooden. Uh, they traded Kevin Mitchell. That was an awful, awful move. Um because they thought Kevin Mitchell was the bad influence on the team. They thought he
3: was the problem. Exactly. Right. Right.
1: So well,
3: you they, know, it's they interesting in eighty six.
1: No, I'm saying they should have won two more and that ninety five team was almost as good as that night, uh, or eighty five team was almost as good as that as that eighty six team. Right. It might have been even well, better because Carter was better that year. You
0: know, but Troubert, it was hurt fan, for most of the year. Yeah.
3: As a Yankee fan in '86, when I was 12 years old, you know, I um, had not really witnessed a Yankee team that I could be proud of. You know, seven. You know, the teams in the in the '80s, you know, were, they were good. Certainly, I was six. You know, an age, but the height of our fandom was around that time, and the teams, the Yankees, were just so terrible. Um, and I was extraordinarily jealous of the Mets. Yet at the same time, completely rooting for them because I hated the Red Sox. So it was a bizarre turn of events for me.
1: Yeah, and it was also – we've talked about this a million times, the idea that you're a Yankee fan who actually remembers what it was like before the Yankees owned the city and, and had made the playoffs 16 years in a row and all this stuff. Right. You know, the Mets – the Mets. Uh, and un- unfortunately, Cal, we were 12 when it was happening in 13 and 14. Uh, but the Mets own the city, I mean, without a doubt. Literally, Think uh, about like, the playground.
3: The Think about think about playing baseball at that time and how you guys as Mets fans could beat us in any argument at that moment. At that time period, you know, literally you cannot say anything right now. Yankees versus Mets, you just can't. No, nope. right now but for those for those three or three or four years, three three to five years, we could not say anything as a Yankee fan other than we had 20, 22 championships. We just couldn't. Right
1: actually it was it was you know you really have to go from like 84 to like 90 or 91 or 90 because 90 yeah. the 90 team won 90 games you know
2: but right. it,
3: the other the
1: other thing that
2: and the Yankees up, and the
3: Yankees weren't good till 95 Oh, 94 yeah, well, when the strike 94 came. right
2: yeah but when you right. look at the beginning of the 90s 91 92 93 both teams were really bad
3: yes yes
1: that was an odd time where both teams were just were dreadful but the Yankees were loading up because they were drafting Jeter.
3: And right. we were and in we, college, so we were drunk a lot, too. That's
1: correct. Right. And we yeah, were – you know, it's funny you say that. I'm sorry, Kyle. It's funny you say that, too, because I was looking back on baseball references, just looking at their record again and going through their – and I'm, like, looking at, like, 93, and I'm like, woof! I don't even – wow. Like, the col- the college years and the Mets for me? No idea. Well, that that is a product of you leaving the area. Also. That's the other the other thing that right. I was in I was in Dayton, Ohio and there's no internet or anything like that too. I was I was
2: here during all of during the uh firecracker throwing and the and the bleach spraying and the you know
3: I was fondly remembering the other day like uh video games uh, RBI baseball and uh especially in the late eighties and nineties when uh, the Yankees had awful teams, and I'd look over at the Mets, and, and I'd, I'd want to be able to play with Gooden. Yet my the best pitcher <laughs> on my squad was Dennis Rasmussen. Like I just <laughs> the Yankee teams in those video game years were horrible. Yeah. Horrible.
1: Tough. Very very tough to get by with that staff in both yeah. in real life, both in real life and in RBI baseball. Exactly. So so uh, this this eighty six versus ninety eight thing has come up a ton eighty six Mets versus ninety eight Yankees and uh and who would win and blah and blah 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 blah. I think it's I, I think that's a, a great debate. And I know it's, it's a debate you can't lose because they're two of two of the best teams ever. And they really are, historically.
2: Now just to give some perspective, the one guy that played on both of those teams, Terrell Strawberry, he went with the eighty six Mets. Mm.
1: Yes, he did. Probably because he played more of a role
3: with the '86 Mets. But but. He
1: said the he said the '86 Mets were grittier and also would throw inside more.
0: Mm.
1: And he said, you know, he said you know, the stuff that we got away with in '98, the Mets, the '86 Mets would never let you get away with. Strawberry did make the point though, and this feeds into the fun load that even in those 12 years, it was a different era. And you, you could knock guys down without retribution, you could pitch inside, you, can, you could be a much tougher team than the 98 Yankees could be. And he said that would that would play a huge role in in that, which is interesting, and, and what I wanted to talk about in the fun load, this idea of what guys from what era could play uh, today, it's like what all-time greats if you if you plop them down today? Would they be successful? Would they be as great? But let me, Ev. Let me just get your take on uh, '86, '98. What do you got?
3: I think probably the '86 Mets staff was light years better. I think that you know that the starting pitchers were better. I think the Yankees bullpen, you know, was probably a little bit better. I think maybe overall the team was a little bit more balanced and better. Um, it'd be a tough series, but I, I, I think, I think probably the the Mets would, uh, would. I think it would a seven game series, but I, I don't, I don't know. It's a tough call. I think the eighty ninety eight Yankees are a pretty damn good team, though.
1: They're an unbelievable team. You know, the the argument yeah. comes and says the the ninety eight Yankees had to win three series to win the World Series. Yeah. The eighty six Mets didn't have to play a divisional round.
3: Right. They won one hundred twenty five games that year.
1: Right and the Mets the, uh, the, the Mets won 116 uh yeah. with the playoffs but also the, the Mets didn't have the luxury of facing Tampa didn't have the luxury of facing um during the regular season because the Yankees won 115 right. games that year the Mets won 108 but there were two less teams actually there were four less teams there were four le- uh
2: four le- two less teams no four less teams of the four time. Colorado
0: Colorado Florida
2: Arizona yeah, because and
1: Arizona,
2: and, Arizona, and Tampa joined the league in '98.
1: Right. So you could talk about right. the, the the regular season wins and say if the Mets got to play Florida 18 times that year as an expansion team, you know, first year expansion team, you know, would they have had 10 more wins? You know, who knows? But
3: uh, that '98 that team was by far the way the most dominant team I ever saw. I watched nearly every game that year I, it was the first year that i had had uh msg i had cable it was the first year that i like had it on my own out of <laughs> college and uh i said i'm gonna watch every single game this year because this team's gonna be good and they were so good um and i just don't remember a lot of the 86 Mets. i'd probably have to lean towards the 98 yankees just from my opinion
1: right and and of course cal and i watched that 86 Mets team every day
3: yeah right so. exactly
1: but if you went if you went down the right cow if you went down the roster you could find an, a, a suitable guy for each guy it would be a magnificent matchup it really would oh I agree I I actually think the
2: '98 Yankees were probably the better overall team believe it or not well,
1: well,
3: well, I, I I'd like to hear with, a position but, rundown hey, hey. do you do you have it on hand
1: I think we could come up with it pretty well, quickly we could do the Met one if you can give us the Yankee one.
3: I don't. I definitely don't think I could. You know, off the top of my head, pitching wise, of the yeah, you
1: could. Well, let me see if I can punch that up. But you could do the well, position. Well, why don't we? Why don't we go around the horn? Let's go around the horn. Around the horn. Let's go around the horn. I mean, what's the big deal? Let's do it. Go ahead, Cal. Start it off. All right. So you're going to start with Keith Hernandez.
3: Keith
2: Hernandez.
3: Hernandez. <laughs> and Tino. And Tino. Tino. Yeah. I mean. That, I mean. Fall right off the bat. I mean I you gotta go you know what would keep keep numbers that year?
1: Oh Hernandez has I, I, I'm sorry, this is this is Hernandez. It's close. It's definitely close, but this is Hernandez in eighty six is yeah, but Tino in ninety eight. Yeah, I mean you could do the numbers, but I don't think the numbers Tino's numbers are gonna are gonna dwarf Hernandez's. I don't think the numbers are the
2: issue. Yeah. Hernandez you know, didn't feel like he was an underrated
3: first baseman. He was an underrated first baseman, too, though. Not saying he was the, the greatest first baseman of all time, like Hernandez might be, but uh, he wasn't that bad.
1: <clears throat> Let's see. Hernandez. Hold on. Hernandez here. Hold on. I got it. I got it. I got it. Hernandez uh, hits, hits 310. All right. Uh, his slugs at uh, OPS of 859, OPS plus of 140. <laughs> He has uh, 13 home runs, 83 RBIs, 94 walks, 34 doubles, 194 runs scored. Um, th- this is a monster year for Keith. 149 games. This is this is that's a pretty 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 good year. What was Tino's numbers? Are we gonna have to tell Doctor Irade to lower his radio? No. I feel like we have to. Um, it's not. It's fine it's not distracting me tino martino i got nothing
3: on it's not me
1: this is some uh, this is some you at a tino
3: 92 i'm months. actually going to uh i'm actually going to hang up and listen to you guys actually but uh, i i've enjoyed this uh getting back in the show no, have a good time tonight no. fellas oh no no i i got to go he's got to go home well i'm not going to do keep that up the I- i'm going to listen to this debate on the drive
2: How can we debate, though, Mets fans? (laughs) That's right.
1: (laughs) Uh, We can wrap this segment up in a heartbeat, Ev. I'm going to go Mets at first, Mets at second, Mets at third. I'll give the Yankees shortstop. I'll give them shortstop.
2: All right, how's that? You've got to give
0: them... The Mets have won the World Series, and they're jamming and prodding all over Jesse Arasco. The dream has come true.
1: Thank you. I was saying that, that, but that's what we got. It was worth it. That's what we got. Honestly, we're we're gonna have to do this another time. He's gone. he's gone already. He's gone. No, he's just No, he's gone. He's gone. <laughs> we should do that another time. It's not exactly riveting radio, but <clears throat> it is. It is really close. I mean, you could make you could make the argument if you're if you're just looking at numbers. You can't just look at numbers, yeah, right? You have to trust your eyes, without a doubt, and your heart. And you, <laughs> where's the where's the guitar music then, PJ? Hmm.
0: Where's
1: the where's the soft guitar music then? What? Uh, to a curveball. No, 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 not glee. Not <laughs> glee now. Take that. I want that cart removed. I want it out. Jane Lynch, or Tampa
2: Bay safety John Lynch.
1: What's what's the question? Who you got? I'll take Jane Lynch, I guess. I agree. Let's go to Martha Plimpton in the stands, uh, star <laughs> of the hit Fox show Raising Cain. That's Raising Hope. Raising it's actually a very funny show, underrated show, by the way. Okay. Funny. A uh, few things before we get to the fun load, Cal. Yeah. Let's do a, a Rapido Fire. Oh, cool. Like the quick fire unload. Remember the old quick fire? Back in the day. Yeah. Gosh. We have to break that out for the anniversary shows. I think we should break that out for the two year anniversary show. The quick fire. Right. Um. Right before, you know, uh, what do you call it, top chef stole it from us? We should do. Yeah, I know. <clears throat> okay. So uh, I've seen all this Reyes and Wright stuff. Like I know Reyes is a free agent or whatever. Everybody's already decided he's going somewhere else. Right. But now, now every almost every day, we're seeing where David Wright is going. Yep, because so many teams are interested in him. Uh huh. Apparently. And, and because it, and because if the Mets yeah. are going to lose Reyes, right, they might as well just they might as well just build build from scratch. Okay. So I have a question for you. Okay. Is this what it feels like to be a Pirates or a Royals fan? Uh, to see how your star player is is uh, every day. There's a new tweet. Rockies are interested in David Wright. Hmm. Phillies would love David Wright. I, I, really? He's under contract for
2: two more years. You know, when David Wright is a free agent, he may want to play closer to home. You know, it team like the Orioles, or maybe even the Braves. As a replacement for Chipper Jones? Listen, I'm, I, am, I do not fancy myself a geography expert, but if you were to map quest flushing to Norfolk... And then Norfolk to Atlanta. I'm not 100 percent sure it would be a, a, a huge difference. Might be a wash. Sure. I, Better I story just, though. Is this what is this what it feels like? Is this what it's, it feels like to be a Pirates fan? It's it's frustrating. I don't I don't know if it's what it feels like to be a Pirates fan, but it is it is frustrating. Um,
1: now, did, now, did you say something about the walls being painted blue?
2: Yeah, there was there was a story that came out today that uh, Met Brass is considering changing the color of the outfield walls from from the dark gray that it is currently to like a like a deep blue, which would resemble uh, the old Shea Stadium outfield wall. It's apparently, a lot of a lot of fans have been clamoring for that. Uh, I'm one of them. I'm,
1: I've I've been a clamorer as well. But let me, I, I'd like to just state
2: for the record that uh, my priority is not blue walls. And I can also wish for a good team at the same time as wishing for blue walls. It doesn't mean that um, I'm more concerned with the color of the outfield wall than who's going to play shortstop next year. They, they are not one and the same. They're completely independent thoughts, which apparently we're not capable of as Mets fans.
1: Not allowed to be uh, mutually exclusive.
2: You have to you, you have to be obsessed with who's gonna play for your team and if you even remotely care about anything else ancillary to that, uh you're a fool.
0: Flushing <laughs> Queens to Norfolk, Virginia is three hundred and seventy four miles.
1: Okay. Go on.
0: What was the other one? <laughs>
2: Norfolk, Virginia to Atlanta.
1: I used to live To Atlanta, five, Is the play
0: is the play still going on? Five hundred ninety-five miles. Oh,
1: that uh, five. So,
0: so
2: more than hundred miles more.
0: Yeah, the play yeah. is still going on. Actually, hold on one second. Fog's coming in. All right, that was it. I'm good.
1: <laughs> Your performance as as the lighthouse keeper. One word, splendiferous. <laughs> I do not have a I only, word.
0: I only take the roles I, I have a feel for.
1: Knocked it out of the park, Peach. Knocked it out of the park. Uh, so there you go. Two, almost 200 miles more. Right, but he want, but he'll want to play there because it's closer to home. Closer to home. Right. I, I I sense the sarcasm in your voice. I like it. No. No, it is. It's true. This is a very difficult season for offseason for Mets fans, uh, just because you're you're being told in an agenda type <laughs> by sports reporters with an agenda every day what you're supposed to care about, what you're not supposed to care about, how your front office is suspect, how uh, the sky is falling, hmm. how them painting the walls blue is going to be a distraction from what they put on the field. Anything and, to uh, not talk about the roster. Anything to not talk and and like. I know Lennon is making a joke there, but it's not funny. I don't think he's making a joke, Steve. he actually not be making a joke, you're right. I really
2: don't. I I find I find the snark to be more and more mean spirited as it goes on. It it is. It is You know? And and then but it'll get but it'll like you said, it'll get passed off as a joke and, and it will get turned around on the fans that they can't take a joke. That's the beautiful thing about, about the electronic media is that you could throw anything out there that you want and the interpretation doesn't matter because if you interpret it one way,
1: I'll just backtrack and tell you, well, you're wrong because you're misinterpreting it. Speaking, speaking of backtracking and the media, the other thing we would be completely remiss if we didn't talk about for five seconds is Darrell Rivas uh, being told to hang up on Mike Francesa last Friday. When Mike Francesa finally had a jet on his program, and they got into a heated discussion about whether uh, everybody in the world knew that what Darrell Rivas had done to Brandon Marshall was, in fact, a pass interference call, except Darrell Rivas. Uh, We've seen Mike Francesa be antagonistic before. We, We know he has a personal vendetta against the Jets. Um, right now, has for two and a half years. Here's, here's what bothered me the most about this whole thing, Cal. Darrell Rivas brought up the idea of, uh, I- I'm a player, you're not a player, you can't possibly know what goes on on the field. Okay, so he pulled that card. He pulled the, I'm a player, you don't know card. And And journalists who haven't played the game or aren't ex-athletes hate this. Because they, they really have nothing to say, and it calls into question the entirety of what they do for a living. So how can, you, uh, uh, how can you purport to know what is going on in the field if you've never been on the field and played and been in that situation? And it's sort of a cheap card to play. I feel like Darrell Rivas was pushed to play it, but it's sort of a cheap card to play because it is a conversation ender. And it's something that an athlete says when they don't want to talk about something anymore. Uh, I don't think that was the situation in this case. However, Francesca sort of killed him about it and then came on on Tuesday and said something that blew my mind. Tuesday or Monday? Yeah, uh, uh, Monday. Said something that blew my mind about how he doesn't do that. You know, just because I have a talk show, sports talk show, and I'm a professional, does that mean I can tell somebody that they don't know anything about sports? He actually said this. Mm-hmm. And I had been saying since Friday, Mike, how is what Darrell Rivas said to you? I was saying it to no one in particular, not specifically to His Holiness. I think you said it to me. I did say it to you without a doubt, definitely. Mm -hmm. How is what Darrell Rivas did any different than what you do every day when you hang up on people and tell them they know nothing about sports and you do because you have a radio show? Well, here's the thing. People did get through and
2: ask him that question. And what do you say? Or it's completely different. Right. If you don't think an interview, okay, that you prepare for and you clear your schedule for and, and is sometimes planned days in advance, okay? If you don't think that's different than a phone call, well then you're completely lost.
0: Completely, it,
1: different. completely different. Completely different. So, in that interview, he could tell the person he's interviewing and prepared for days that they know nothing about sports. Mm-hmm. But a caller has no leg to stand on. That's right. Oh boy, See, this is the problem. This is the problem, Brian. It well, it's a big problem. This is what makes us do our little little show here, and we do our nice little show, And when we first started this show, we wanted to be WFAN. And we tried to take live calls and do all that kind of stuff. And you know what? That's not the future of sports talk. I, I don't think it is. Well, nobody wants,
2: to be, nobody wants to call and talk about sports and be told they don't know what they're
1: talking about. And yet it happens every day. And, then, and yet if you listen to good portions of WFAN now, and we grew up listening to WFAN. That's one thing that drives me crazy when you'll see on one of the uh, jet boards say like I'm on the gangrene all the time thegangreen.com which is a great jet board it's a good jet message board and they talk about Mike Francesa and somebody will always there's a whole thread that's about 87 pages long about Mike Francesa which I post on quite frequently and somebody will inevitably every day write. Just stop listening. You're helping his ratings. I don't understand you guys. Why do you listen? But why do we have to? Why should I stop listening? I've been listening to the guy for 20 years. He should care what I think about his program. You know? Oh well, you, you know. The only way to hurt his ratings is by not listening. Actually, no. My my, I do nothing. <laughs> sure. Because there's no competition. Does nothing because he has no competition. But it's it's. It's to the larger idea of sports talk radio. Brian. we've had how many bloggers on? We've had a bunch of guys from SNY. We've had Ted Berg. We've had Patrick Flood on many times. We've had Matt Cerrone, who does MetsBlog.com. Uh, we've done spots with Phil Soto Ortiz. You know, Guys that have been in the business, that do blogging, have worked at ESPN, have worked at SNY. And it's a give and take. You have them, you, you have, we have them on the quote-unquote show because they're guys or girls but it's been guys so far that that we want to go and have a beer with and BS about football or BS about the Mets right and not be told that I'm an idiot because I think a certain way right and I I just I don't understand I mean I do understand it I understand it's money and I understand that it's comfort and I understand he gets 50 calls a day telling him how great he is And, you know, Adam Rubin has 50,000 followers or whatever. It's fine. But it leads us back to the idea that that's why I go to SNY.TV and go to their blogs for my sports news. But that's why I'm I'm listening to Mostly Mets and listening to their podcast instead of listening to Steve Summers or or Joe Beningo and Evan Roberts. Because I'm not being told I'm an idiot while I'm listening to them. And you know what, you're gonna get the same news, essentially. Of course.
0: Of course. And,
2: and you're and you're gonna get it from people like you who share
1: the passion. Well, it's 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 sharing the passion, but he, he displayed Mike Francesa displayed on Friday, to me, what is a cornerstone of the argument against uh sports talk radio in that format. It's one of the cornerstones of the argument, and that is the host is never wrong. The host is never wrong. And he sat there and told an NFL cornerback that he was wrong. And mm-hmm. kept and kept going after him. And we're not just talking about any all pro quarterback or you know, cornerback. We're talking about the best cornerback in football right now who's on his way to having a sort of a knock on something wood, Cal, having a Hall of Fame career, he could not just let it go at, he disagreed with him. He had to be right. Had to be. And, and you know what? It's not just Francesa. It is asymptomatic of all, most of sports talk radio.
2: Yeah, you can't, you can't say all. You can't but, say all. There, but, there
1: are some great, great guys out there. There's some great, great guys and girls out there. But the okay. vast majority. The vast majority cannot be wrong. And I'm sorry if I'm soapboxing a little bit here, but that, that incident on Friday was – and considering what you and I, Cal, have been doing for the last two years and almost two years, trying to get this show going and, and get, getting people to listen and trying to make it just a conversation between you and I. And also having our friends on, having friends that we know talk – we just had Evan on. We started the show with Evan because Evan knows a lot about sports, and he's fun to talk about sports with. And he doesn't agree with us a lot. No. I mean, what was it? About a month ago, we got into the the debate about uh, uh, Reyes with the bunt and the batting title. We had a great debate. We had a great conversation and debate. We had a debate over the weekend about the Francesca thing. We did. We did. A pretty pretty strong debate, too.
2: But you know what? Neither one of us was, was right or wrong.
1: It's
0: or not a politics
2: of us.
1: religion. It's sports. It's sports. You have fun with it. You know what the one true thing I can tell you about the 1986 Mets is? You know what's one of the, the only true things I can tell you? Keith Hernandez played in 149 games. Okay? That's a fact. That's it. Those are the only facts, though, in sports, Cal. It's the numbers. That's it. That is it. I agree. Okay? everything else is opinion, everything,
2: and when you're dealing with opinion, there's no right or wrong. it's opinion, everybody
1: has one That's it. this Everybody's is allowed you know, honestly I'd love to bring p j back in here for just a second for one reason and p j has i've known p j for you know eighteen nineteen years, and i've known him been very very close friends with him for fourteen years, and he has never understood why I listen to so much sports talk radio he could never get it no we used to when we were building Dumpling Sound Studios one and we were all working on it I made him put on WFAN
0: while we were working
1: and we came up with the funniest joke about the very nervous caller who just (laughs) waits on the line forever and then finally gets on and just starts cursing It's he's (laughs) just like Mike Piazza vagina oh god nervous (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> hey, hey, Jimmy! Jimmy from Ozone Park, you're on the fan. Oh God, nervous,
0: China, who?
1: Mike Piazza,
0: nervous.
1: And that became like a, a long-running joke. But even that day, Peds, you told me I don't get it.
0: I don't understand. It's it's a strange, I don't know, jockeying for position or something. Who holds the the golden stat that's going to win the argument? And inventing the arguments so that you can show off the stats that you know. Stuff drives me crazy.
2: It just, it makes people, it it puts people in a very intense situation, sports does. I don't know why. Most people just, it it brings out the need to be right, you know, when you're arguing something. Don't have to always be
1: right. Well, and it's, it's entertainment. I mean, it's, at the end of the day, it's supposed to be a diversion from the the, the troubles and, and foil, foibles of everyday life. And foibles not the right word. But the, the troubles and the tribulations. Tribulations. Thank you. Which always sounded like a game to me. A board tri- Trials and tribulations. <laughs> Just tribulations. Oh. Like an 80s board game. Like, what are you playing? Tribulations. Want to play? I have a very bad commercial for tribulations. I
0: feel like I can find that commercial on YouTube right
1: now. (laughs) Oh man, I've lost my dog. (laughs) Tribulations.
0: I got a foibles card.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I landed on trial. (laughs) Um, Ah. it's It's supposed to be an escape. Hey, I understand.
0: Be... They only play football on Sundays and one Monday night, so you get to talk about it for the rest of the week.
1: Well, and also so the players can heal. It's a very rough game.
0: From the fans' perspective, I'm saying. Right. I no, get I... that, but you know, I I don't get, I don't understand who, uh, I really don't understand the hosts, which is I guess you guys are talking about, Francesca. You know uh, the way they choose to steer the conversation, or not have one.
2: Well, you know, you know what it is when when they they feel like they're in a position where they've got this outlet and they've got an audience and people are listening to them, and I, I get it. It's it's human nature when you're talking to a lot of people, you don't want them to think you don't know what you're talking about. All right, You've got you to exude a certain sense of confidence and knowledge in, in, in what you're talking about. And I get when you are on a 50,000-watt radio station talking to millions of people a day, you don't want anybody thinking that, that you don't know what you're talking about. But what they do is they take it to an extreme level, and they force the issue that they are right upon the audience, whether they're right or not. And whether they're right or not is a matter of opinion. And that's the whole point. What we're trying to talk about here is is that sports talk is supposed to be fun, and either side has an opinion, and you debate it back and forth, and at the end of the day, nobody's right, nobody's wrong, everybody had an opinion. But the sports talk radio hosts feel like their opinion has to be right no matter what because they're in the position of communicating the
0: information to you. That's well, that's right. My... How else did they get the job? They're well, right not also, the foremost authority.
1: And also they have to be – and there's nothing – I have no problem with some of these hosts being authorities or, being, or having expertise or, or bringing a different point of view. I mean I was – here's the example, right? You're listening to Francesca with Jerry West the other day, and it was fantastic. Like the, he, it was great. It was a great interview. It was fantastic radio when he doesn't have an agenda or isn't so concerned with being the most intelligent guy in the room. He can he can create great sports talk radio. And then he took calls on Jerry West and they talked about Jerry West as a talent evaluator against Red Auerbach and that was it was great sports talk radio. Unfortunately, what gets the most coverage is the Revis hang up. Yeah. And is him being antagonistic or him you know, how do you get those shows, guys, right? You, you get those shows by having a strong point of view and being in your face and, you know, uh, and screaming and yelling and my point of view is right and I'm Brandon Tierney and, you know, or whatever. <laughs> Why'd you bring his name up? Had to had to single out BT. But, you know, you, you, get, you get on the radio or you get on those shows by having a strong opinion. I mean, look at what the WFAN Fantasy Contest is about. That's exactly what it's about. It's about the guy with the strongest rant, and the guy who rails the most against whatever. I mean, it's nonsense. It's nonsense.
0: You, know, I, I,
1: my feeling is you, you just don't have to do that.
0: Well, I or think why, you're why pointing out that? that's going forward. I think that's going to be the difference between commercial radio and the blogosphere.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and also you know satellite radio. This has happened a bit too because it's gotten much more niche oriented. Especially on the sports talk radios where you have like a guy like Dino Costa or whatever who, again, is on Mad Dog Radio. Now, I, I haven't listened to a ton of that guy. I know he's very opinionated. I know that, but I, he doesn't strike me as the hang-up. He doesn't strike me as having the hang-up mentality that if you disagree with me, you get hung up on. I mean, is he a guy you can at least get your two cents in with, Cal? Uh...
2: I don't get that impression with him. I think he's 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 more of the same where he's just he's the authority and if you don't agree with him then you're then you're an idiot.
1: Alright, well that's unfortunate because I, I had heard good things about him and Well but that's that's what's
2: what's so frustrating is that those are the people that you hear good things about. Right. That's that's what that's what people are looking for in a sports talk yeah. radio host.
1: But there's nothing wrong with being the authority, okay? I wanna to look to the guy and and feel like he's an authority and feel like he knows you know a, a a ton about sports and knows his stuff but there's a difference between knowing your stuff and being a douche you know That's you good. can you can know your stuff why do you got to be a jerk about it you know it's the belittling of the of the person who maybe doesn't know as much uh, about it as you do it's the be, it, it would be but it it would be the belittling of that person right making it personal. I just I just it's 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 very frustrating to me. But I think you know there are starting to be outlets. I mean just like blogs, uh sports blogs became an outlet for uh the guy who doesn't write or the guy or the girl who doesn't write for the daily news, you know, is never going to be the beat reporter for the Mets. I think podcasts and I think uh even eventually satellite radio is going to become the home of you know, sports talk where uh nobody and not everybody's a douche.
0: <laughs> Satellite radio is going, to be, is going to become the home of also uh, 60 to 70 pro athletes a year. We don't know what to do once they've retired, and so they'll take a shot at having their own show.
1: Yep. I mean, that was already starting when we were flirting with uh, Voice America, voiceamerica.com. Uh, you know, we, they already had five or six professional athletes that had podcasts on there. Yeah, Steve, I need All you to
2: right. talk to PJ about this for a second. <laughs> All right.
1: I'm sorry. Cal has to step out for a moment. Uh he'll be back in a moment. He uh his bat cave is impressive.
0: I'd like to steer the conversation to whores.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and that's when the whores come in.
0: <laughs> who,
1: prote- who will protect you from the robots? Now hey you
0: know,
1: you know what Pete? Now we're working blue. You know what? Now we're
0: we- working blue.
1: We may be able to uh let's see if Doctor E that is Stat is around because we may be able to call him and bring him back into the show.
0: Give that a shot. You know, I'm I'm unable to do that with my current uh, setup.
1: Yes, I'm I'm uh, I'm calling him. He says he's on Skype. It says he's on Skype. But oh, um, careful in, in the in, in the interim.
0: You never um, want to surprise somebody on a webcam. I'm just saying.
1: Right. Oh dear, lord put on pants. <laughs> uh Page, we're gonna we're gonna do a few more minutes here, or whatever. Uh, but and when Cal comes back, I want to talk to him about that idea in the fun load. And this is exactly what I was talking about. The idea is that there there's great sports conversations to be had. Nobody's right, nobody's wrong. They're just interesting. Okay. But before I do that, I've gotten a lot of blowback. No, that's not the right word. Feedback.
0: <laughs> is is this on? I've got, just go with it. Go with it. I've got.
1: I've gotten a lot of uh, Eddie Grant, Electric Avenue. Oh wait, that's reverb. Um, from uh, our Kubrick uh, conversation. You got
0: feedback on the Kubrick conversation. I did. Oh my gosh.
1: I did. Uh, uh, a people We're think on that. Fire. I think people think genre eyes is just fine.
0: All right. Let it go. But we,
1: but we should pronounce it genre eyes.
0: Genre eyes.
1: Correct. And, uh, A.
0: and B. I like that guy's voice.
1: That guy's good. And B, people would love to, to hear you genreize. <laughs> <laughs> Your top five Mel Brooksian.
0: Oh, com- Sure.
1: Now they can. They don't have to include. They don't have to necessarily be Mel Brooks films. Oh, but I think we, you know, just like the Kubrick ones didn't have to be Kubrick, right? So uh, we, we're we're going to make uh, Mel Brooksian into a genre unto itself.
0: Well, what do, you, what do you need to be Mel Brooks? You need to be uh, you need to be madcap. Yep. Do you need Do you need a musical number? or does, does that just help? I would say. You need a musical number. That's I limiting. Would
1: say, I would say I you need a couple of fart jokes, you know, you need a little you know, a little scategorical.
0: Scategorical, <laughs> that's funny. Fart you jokes, just... you know, fart jokes are uh, are uh, big on the Disney Channel now. They've, they they uh, they green-lighted the uh the flatulence joke.
1: Is that right?
0: Oh, it's a big thing.
1: Well, are we going to have, like, flatulent Muppet now, too, just to tie it around full circle?
0: Well, the the, the Henson people haven't gone there yet.
1: The Muppet that farts?
0: But, uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of fart jokes for, uh, for the Disney Channel kids.
1: Oh, I'm wow. Not sure I,
0: I'm not sure I agree with it.
1: What was I looking for? Scata, scatological?
0: Scatological. Scatological uh, I... would be a board game, <laughs> which is enjoyable in its own way.
1: Which you play right after you play Tribulations.
0: Sure, exactly. I got trial. That was rich and magical.
1: Scategorical. That's fantastic. I just I just created a word to describe something during scategories.
0: My very favorite Mel Brooks movie is uh Young Frankenstein. Okay. Welcome back, Cal.
2: Okay, I'm sorry about that. Did you run? I, a little bit, yeah.
0: Is everybody alright? Not
2: fine? Yeah, the human the humans in the house are okay. It was the animal. Oh, you know
1: Calvi has a dog. PJ, I have two dogs. Calvi has
0: two Bye. dogs. PJ, love dogs. I miss my dog. All
1: right, I want you to catch your breath, Brian. I'm wow. Okay,
0: you know it's funny because when we when we
2: are out as a family and we come home, um, and it's always this the scene always plays out and it. Never is less funny. Um, we'll come in, and, and my wife will say to the kids, "You know, somebody let the dogs out," and then immediately they'll go, "Who, hm, who, hm, who, hm, who," hm. like the song, "Who let the dogs out?"
0: Wait, the dogs do that?
2: No, my my daughters do that. Oh, how many dogs? Are good thing. <laughs> those those are we well, do. <laughs> dogs We've worked very hard with them.
0: Well, Cal, you're
1: just in time. Before we got to the fun load, I was going to ask PJ uh, because there's been a lot of positive feedback. About the uh, PJ's top five of a genre, uh, top five Mel Brooksian movies.
0: Are people Ooh. stopping you in parking lots to talk about this now? This That's is, not,
1: uh... Let's not get crazy. <laughs> I was in a pharmacy
2: yesterday. <laughs> I was online, and uh,
1: somebody said, "Hey, tell the tell the bishop. Good call."
0: Do you work
2: with that pop culture, PJ?
0: You know, before there were blogs, I used to write an email newsletter called Roaming Reviews.
1: Roaming Reviews, I remember that.
0: And I heard from somebody, a total stranger in a bar, uh, that that they had read something in Roaming Reviews, and it, was, it, it had been forwarded to them by, you know, somebody else, and somebody else forwarded it to them. But I just thought that was the coolest thing that had ever happened. <laughs> because i only sent it out to like what did i send it out to like 35 40 people maybe
1: i think at that time email could only handle like 50 <laughs> right.
0: addresses that that's all that's all the address box could hold
1: right there wasn't even a cc you know where you couldn't even <laughs> you, you just had the two line there wasn't
0: even right. a cc right the fact that i could be standing in a bar in manhattan and someone else brought it up like i read this thing called roaming reviews and it was funny <laughs> I mean, come on.
1: That's pretty hot. Well, let's oh. let's have your uh, let's have your Mel Brooksians.
2: Mel Brooksians or Mel Brooks? Like, can they be
1: like a Mel Brooks movie? That's what I. Yes, we we we. It, I, just like the Kubrick movies didn't have to be Kubrick, Kubrick, but they but they were.
0: But they all they all happened to be yes. Okay. I'd have a hard time right now naming another Kubrickian film that was non-Stanley Kubrick. <laughs> You would? I think so.
1: What about anything Paul Thomas Anderson has done over the last 15 years?
0: Uh, uh, uh. Oh, of, of Magnolia. Yeah. That guy?
1: That's what I was thinking of.
0: Hmm. I don't know. I think he allows too much traditional acting to be called Kubrickian.
1: Okay. Fair. Fair. Anyway, give me the Mel Brooks one
0: Young Frankenstein. Certainly.
1: All right. Uh, are these in, an in an order or no? These are in order. Okay. See, yeah,
0: these are these are in the order of uh, it makes my heart go pitter pat. Descending or ascending? Uh, they are descending.
2: Okay, so this is that's your that's your best one. Okay.
0: Much much like my testes. <laughs> well. Number two, blazing saddles. Nice. Okay. Number three. Not- not thrilling. I'm a huge fan of To Be or Not to Be. Really, you're the guy. I, yes. <laughs> number four, History of the World. Okay. It's um, it's cr- sort True of lowbrow. True story. It's very lowbrow, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but yes. I, but I really just, I really love it. And um, number five, Ty, high anxiety with uh, silent movie.
1: Oh, wow.
2: There's a glaring omission from that list, no? For you.
1: For me. Yeah, what do you got? Spaceballs. Spaceballs. No way. Yeah, Spaceballs would have to be in my top five.
0: There's about 25 minutes of Spaceballs that I think is real gold, but uh, I don't think it holds up.
1: All right. Well, there you go. You have uh, PJ's top 5 genreized. You've been you've been genreized.
0: You've been genreized.
1: <laughs> right after you play categoricals. And Tribulations. Right. Um, tribulations. So. <laughs> uh, <I guess. laughs> Can't you picture the kids
2: with the with the polo shirts with the collars up?
0: There's you a know. bowl of popcorn on the table. <laughs>
1: I got a problem.
0: Tribulation. <laughs> <laughs> the rent's due. Tribulation. <laughs> Daddy's drinking again. <laughs> Go back three spaces. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> tribulation.
0: I want that song. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: I failed out of Dartmouth. <laughs>
0: My goodness.
1: Oh, <sighs> boy. oh boy. Um so is it even should we even do the fun load? Should we just wait till next week to do
2: this one? are a load?
0: fun load. That's all that matters. I know. I'm a good what? time.
2: Let's wait. Let's, Let's do it off. next week. This is a good one. We need to be on our
1: game for this one. And if we can get Doctor E Ray in, along we with Doctor E Ray, have a nice little round table. You know what I'd even like to maybe get Linder in? get Linder to talk about it. we've been trying to get Jay Linder back on the program. Cal, we are going to have um uh flood back on as soon as the World Series is over. Terrific. So in the next 2 weeks we're going Can to have. Can you tell flood me the on.
0: substance of the fun load so that I may prepare? <laughs> I like to bring notes to these things.
1: Sure, it's going to be a uh I got it. I'll tell you I'll tell you the setup guys really quick. I got into a conversation with a, a buddy of mine at work. He came to me and he said um We've been talking about basketball and stuff. Some of the guys and I were talking about basketball, and we got it. We can play the song definitely. Um, and we got into um, this debate about like what NBA players would be great today. Like, could Michael Jordan play in today's NBA, or would he still be Michael Jordan? You know, and we were joking about how he took fifty shots a game and blah 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 blah. And the conversation went to Wilt, and I said. Yeah, you know, these guys are considerably younger. Not that I saw Wilt play, but, um, and I said, you know, Wilt Wilt would dominate. I mean, Wilt will always dominate because Wilt was a freak. And so, it basically, <laughs> he came to me like two days later, my buddy, and said, "Yeah, that was a, that was a really interesting conversation." He's like, "What do you think about that in all sports? Like, how much the game has changed? Like, what guys from 30 years ago could still play today?" You know, and would and would they be as good? And guys, girls, whatever, like golf, tennis. You know, would would Chris Everett stand a chance against a, a Williams sister? Gotcha. You know, in her prime, because of the rackets and because of also the physicality of the Williams sisters that are, you know, or would Tiger would you know Tiger Woods and Arnold Palmer? I mean, you, but you could do it in baseball. You could do it in basketball. It's very interesting because the one thing you can't teach. Or or you can't unlearn his height. <laughs> like <laughs> Will Chamberlain's always gonna be seven foot two. Right. And there's and, and, and a seven foot two athletic guy is pretty much always gonna do well in the NBA. <laughs> you know, or has a chance to do well in the NBA. So the basketball argument is interesting, but the football one is extremely interesting too. Because these guys are such physical specimens and the game has changed so much in the last 30 years. and that the speed of the game like would you know, Jim Brown be a dominant running back today with the speed of the linebackers like there's linebackers that are as fast as him. There's defensive linemen that are as fast as he was. You know, he didn't you know have what
0: that. I'd like to hear yeah. chime in on that is Mike Francesa. That'd be
1: great great spot. I'm not coming on some little show. You know what I mean?
0: I, I mean yeah, I'm going to see if I can get him. Why not? Look, Why wouldn't
1: I'm not, not going to come on some little show. Hey, we have a
0: call. Yeah, we do. Do you see that, fellas? I, I got nothing.
1: Should we take it? Yes, please.
0: Please right. take it. Let's take the call.
1: Hey, welcome to Ready to Unload. You are on the air with Cal and Pete. What's up?
3: It's Dr. E. Ray again. How are you?
1: <laughs> I would, did you call from your incognito number?
3: I did, I did, and uh, you know, I, I just, I haven't heard the word, the term Kubrickian, so many times in one show. I had to call. That <laughs> to compliment call us, or is
0: from United Arab Emirates?
3: <sighs> it's uh, wh- yeah.
1: Why, why are you calling from Austin?
3: What <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, we we were, uh, we were. Just, are you still in the car?
3: No, no, I'm at home. I'm using the, uh, the. I don't want to say it because we don't have a sponsorship yet, but it's a wonderful tablet device. Got it.
1: Ah, so you're using the playbook.
3: Exactly. Samsung.
1: <laughs> I uh, well, I'll tell you, you're, you're as clear as day. You sound fantastic. I should,
3: all, I should do all the shows from this, uh, this setting. I E-ray, love
1: it. E-Ray, give us your top five Mel Brooks movies.
3: No Brooks, oh, it's gotta be uh Blazing Saddles, Young know, Frankenstein, um uh I I would say Men in Tights is like the lap the, the worst movie of all time. <laughs> I, rough. Worst movie of all time. That movie's awful.
1: It is. It is. Do you what have about, uh, life stinks?
3: It does, I'm... PJ, it does, you're right. But let's get on that off the air.
1: Let's talk about that when we play Tribulations
3: (laughs) Tribulations I don't Uh, think he understood Where else are you going with uh, Mel Brooks? Where else have you gone? You know,
1: we we talked about uh, PJ's top five is difficult to debate The only thing I would throw in there is
0: Spaceballs
1: Which uh, which he disagrees with wholeheartedly
0: Now, see, Uh, Spaceballs to me Is like the revolver rubber sole period Except instead of moving on to Sergeant Pepper, he moved on to Men in Tights. It was that turning yeah, point I'll where things started you- to get noticeably worse.
3: I'll tell you what, that's a, Spaceballs has not aged well. Have you watched it recently? That's what PJ said. Oh. Really? Why is that?
1: How is it How is it not aged well?
3: It, it just seems very dated. The humor seems very, very um, cheesy and sticky, and, and it it's doesn't sticky. have any cleverness. Cleverness, as the uh, the you know the other movies we named it do,
1: but Rick Moranis is really good in that movie, guys.
3: Yeah, he's he's definitely the bright spot, no doubt.
1: And so is John Candy. I mean, is there is there an American actor that I miss more than John Candy?
0: <laughs> You'll have to answer that for yourself
1: He's not American. That's the problem. He's Canadian.
0: Thank yeah, you. He's North <laughs> American. He's continental.
1: This North American. He was in Continental Divide. Um. One other thing, while I have all four of you guys before we wrap up the show, I'm so glad you called back, uh, Ev, because uh, I wanted to touch on this. Uh, I wanted to touch on this Rob Gronkowski thing. Have you have you have you so. have you seen this young lady that uh, Rob had a little romp with on their bye week?
0: No.
1: Oh yeah, Rob Gronkowski. You haven't seen the story, Ev?
0: No, I haven't. Oh,
1: ho-ho-ho-ho. go to Deadspin
0: immediately. Break this. Break this to him.
1: On your little on your little tablet, go to Deadspin <laughs> and uh, and search for Rob Gronkowski who uh, had a uh, a sexcapade with a porn star on the bye week.
0: He had a sheen in.
1: Yes, he, he did have a sheen in, and he had all sorts of uh, pictures of her wearing his his Gronkowski Patriots jersey. Awesome, and a. <laughs> I may have to go trade for Gronkowski and all, all my fantasy leagues right now.
3: By the way, I'm sorry, man, but they're, they're just there was there was a that was a, a situation in sports where that was regular behavior, and I miss it.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: but no, apparently she has uh, she th- this porn star. I can't remember her name, but she has come out and said that she um, has been with lots of married athletes, including Dan Ugla. Wow. Wow. Dan Ugla's name dragged into the mud. My question for you is Ev, uh this was, you know, sort of a big deal and Gronkowski had to apologize if he embarrassed the Patriots, you know, by having a uh, porn star wear his jersey and take pictures of it. Um could you imagine if this was a jet? <laughs> Ev, could you imagine if this is Mark Sanchez doing this on his bye week?
3: Yeah, but it's not like she wore the jersey and then took pictures of opposing teams' defense and then ran over the tape at halftime. Yeah, what, what, We don't know that. <laughs> we don't know that. Yeah, no, if this, if this was a, uh, a Rex Ryan-led jet, it would be uh, on the cover of the post for about three months.
1: Yeah, and De- right. and Deadspin would have wanted you know blood. Forget about it. I mean, they, they posted a picture uh, on Deadspin that some girl took that was supposed to be Mark Sanchez's bedroom. And they posted That's a huge right. story on Deadspin about this, you know, seventeen or eighteen year old girl, it was supposedly his bedroom.
0: This they, is Rob, he,
1: yeah. This is Rob Gronkowski with his shirt off and the porn star in front of him and wearing his jersey. And it's it was uh passing passing news. I just I I, I, I just uh found this fantastic. Now you want to go back to that time though.
3: Yes, yes, I do. We're if athlete. it was
0: a jet, it wouldn't have been a porn star. It would have been a stripper from the uh, from the club by the airport. <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> a, that's a different. That's just a culture thing, you
1: know. Right, it would have been from the tender trap. <laughs> that's yeah.
0: right. And did we lose Dr. E. Ray? I
1: think, I think we made Dr. E. Ray very uncomfortable.
2: Did he leave again?
0: He dropped out. <laughs> What is going on?
2: He just leaves. I, he comes I and goes. the
0: tablet. He doesn't I know thought... how to use that. Come he on. He how to use that thing. Like my grandfather with a remote. Come on.
1: His I... caller has dropped. Why wow. is time still blinking on this? How do... <laughs> how do I
0: set the time again? That's right.
1: The cow the cows could tape something by now.
0: <laughs> it says last channel. If I choose that, is the TV going to shut off? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's uh, The so best this, panel you'll ever see. Listen, <laughs> let's 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 wrap this up, guys. So, PJ, you you have your uh, your heads up on the uh, fun load for next week.
0: Porn stars, got it.
1: Correct. Hey, listen, I wanna I wanna uh, you know I wanna turn the tables
2: on our producer real quick with a little a little trivia quiz of my own. Nice, right. Steve. It's open to you too, but I just I wanted to throw it out to PJ and, and Steve. If you want to help, go ahead.
0: Going back to Mel Brooks. Oh no. Okay. Yeah.
2: Mel Brooks has appeared in 3 movies with the actor Dick Van Patten. Can you name them? <laughs> Calamity's a really oh good my quiz master. God. 3 movies.
0: Very three good. 3 movies master. with Dick Van Alright, well, one is space That's right. Was was he in high anxiety? he
2: sure was. What's
0: the third? Holy moly.
2: Steve. Feel free to help? Wow.
0: This is hurting. Dick
2: Van Patten.
0: And <laughs> I love that guy too.
1: Eight is enough. Doesn't
0: Was the was, was was Dick Van Patten in uh in Life Stinks?
2: He was not.
0: Ah oh, damn it. I blew it.
2: But he was in the next
0: movie that Mel Brooks made. Dead and loving it? Dracula Dead and Loving It?
2: he was in the movie Between Life Stinks and Dracula Dead and Love It.
0: There was Men. one?
1: <laughs> Men in Tights.
2: Men in Tights.
0: Oh! We'd like to pretend that movie deep. doesn't exist, though. This hurts me deeply.
2: <laughs> wow. So there you go. Three three movies with Dick Van Patten. Uh, six different movies with Dom DeLuise.
0: Wow. <laughs> If you could work with Dom DeLuise, would you do it as often as possible? (laughs) I mean, come on.
2: (laughs) Oh, boy. But none with Burt Reynolds, ironically. If
1: DeLuise calls, the answer to my question is always yes. That's right. Drop
2: what you're doing.
1: Drop what you're doing, and you get in that movie too
2: sweet. Any DeLuise, for that matter. That's right. Peter.
1: Yeah, Michael. Michael.
2: You What's your
0: ass?
3: Gentlemen, please rest your sphincters.
1: Well put. Thank you very much, sir. <laughs> There's my number 1, gentlemen. Saddles. Saddles number,
0: is Saddles is tremendous.
1: Saddles is 1. Saddles is 1. History of the world is probably 2. Um Spaceballs is probably 3. I don't care how it's aged. I love it because I'm a Star Wars junkie. But I'm curious now because I haven't
2: seen it in years. And and we've heard from both PJ and Evan that it doesn't hold up well.
0: Right. So
1: I'll have to try that again. Young
0: Frankenstein if, is if four. You consider, if you consider the quality of his other movies, I think you'll see that it, uh, it's baseball uh, fades.
1: Look, it's on its way out, okay? But it's a very, very funny. And it's, it's, it's very sticky. But it's to me, it's still a very funny send-up of Star Wars, and there had not been one at that point right. that had been well done.
0: And But even at the time, it was like 11 years or 12 years after Star Wars, and people said, why, why now? <laughs> why not too just wait till the special editions come out?
1: Too soon! <laughs> Alright, boys, let's wrap this up, huh? Let's wrap it up. All right, let's uh, first uh, thank Dr. Irei Staff for calling in tonight. Hopefully uh, soon we have him in full again uh, for a night, but uh, thanks for calling in, brother.
0: Full frontal.
1: Full frontal. Right. (laughs) With Rob Gronkowski. Uh, And Dick Van Patten. And Dick Van Patten. Let's go to the Bishop for his final unload.
0: I like doing this show twice. (laughs) <laughs> and I think we could do two episodes In one night Every week So let's do that Let's do an East Coast, West Coast Central Mountain Time And one for Guatemala I'm in
1: Nice Alright, uh, Cal Final
2: unload My final unload is a uh, happy birthday To uh, Jonathan Nice, Who was born 25 years ago today
0: Alright, and The Mets have won the World Series and they're jamming and rotting all over Jesse Arasco. The dream has come true.
1: The dream has come true. Good night, everybody.